breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith. Chief Smith, of course, tragic situation July fourth in the MLK neighborhood. Uh, four now dead, seven injured, from what I understand. I'm sorry, seven wounded, mm-hmm. from what I understand. That is correct. Um, those are the latest figures. What's the latest information that you can give me? Do we have suspect information? Are people talking to you? Well, information is beginning uh, to come in to SPD, uh, and we appreciate the public, everyone who was out there that knows anything at all uh, about this situation. Please continue to call us and share that information with us so that we can get to the bottom of it and bring uh, uh, the people who are responsible to justice. Was this a beef between two different groups? So what can you tell us about what actually happened? We are not certain at this point uh, what was the catalyst that spurred this on uh, other than uh, I can truthfully say that there was some some friction, there was some disagreement uh, amongst people who were attending the event or come to the event. Were Were the ones involved in the shooting, do we know yet whether or not they were invited guests or did they just see a social media post and go, oh, I'm gonna go to that party? We do not know, uh, Pretty much as much as we know probably is what you've seen and heard uh, out there until we uh, get more involved, get more, talk to more people who were, were there. We really don't know. I understand some videos have surfaced. Have you guys been able to access video footage and been able to ascertain anything? Well, some information is coming in. So please, community, continue to provide us with that. Uh, you know, I'm very skeptical to say too much in detail about what information is coming in, but some information is beginning to pour in. Suspect vehicles, anything like that at this point? Could very well be. Okay, but you, you're, you're not ready to say that yet, no, what ma'am. kind of vehicle we're looking for. That's correct. What can you tell us about the four victims? I was told one was 24. Do you have any more information about the ages, uh, sex of these victims? Uh, from what I understand, uh, all of the victims uh, were males and were adults. Okay, and there was one that was very in, in very serious condition, as uh, Corporal Wilhite told me. Um, do we know the latest on that one? Uh, last information I received, that condition had not changed. Okay, so one is very serious and the others are anticipated to recover. Yes. <sighs> Chief, we know... This is, more, you know, mostly a, a reactionary response. There's not much, you know, there's not a lot you can do, uh, especially in a private party. You know, people aren't going to set up uh, metal detectors and, you know, screenings like that. Um, but we, we asked some of our listeners to, you know, ask if, if there's questions. And one of, the, one, of the, one of the questions was, is it enough to be more proactive to bring back the jump out boys, the, you know, the interdiction unit? Well, all forms of help uh, to control human behavior uh, certainly does help. But we have to be very cautious and not interfere with the the rights of people to uh, enjoy themselves. 
Uh, this was an event that I understand has been going on for years and years and years. Without issues. W- without issues. Right, right. Uh, but just so happened this year, uh, things changed. There was a lot of people uh, in a pretty small, confined area. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We do have uh, some special units that are intact, that are out there, that is being extremely uh, effective in uh, bringing, you know, criminals to prosecution. Uh, so we're going to continue to do that. Chief, the, um, the, the question is 99% of us abide by the law. We go to holiday parties. Yes. We have a good time. We get yes. home safely. Yes. We have a small percentage of our community that is disrupting everything for the rest of us. Um, what are there some, is there a secret sauce to try to get those people off the streets and keep them off the streets? Because we were saying of the suspects, I would lay money down that this is not going to be their first uh uh, interaction with the law. Sure. And you're probably right. Uh, I say quite often, very seldom do we come in contact with someone, especially on a violent crime, who are a first-time offender. That seldom happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do have means out there where we're trying to determine out of that s- small group of people that are causing us our problems, who are the key people, and we work hard to get them out of circulation. Had you been, let's take it, take it back to earlier in the day when this party is just starting and they're starting the barbecue, they're starting to play games, etc. Had y'all gotten any calls about this crowd was getting too big, that it was, uh, you know, it was getting a little rowdy, anything like that earlier in the day? None to my knowledge. Uh, there were similar events all over our town. I mean, it was Independence Day, 4th of July, that's a normal, regular holiday when people get outside and uh, socialize with each other with barbecue and, and other mm-hmm. things. Chief, can you stick around? Because I'm, I'm going to hit you with a with a with an uppercut when we get back. No problem. All right. 101.7 FM, 7. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel. Remember now, this is the chief of police, and he's got handcuffs. I know. I understand. He's armed. I know, and he's got backup already here in the room with us. He does. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to get arrested. Don't hit him with an uppercut. You know, I'm. I'm mad. I could see Tabitha Taylor yesterday was mad. Lots of folks are mad. You are are fed up. People are. People are. You, chief. You are the calmest man on the planet. I think. But are you angry? Are you mad and and do you how how do you show that because you have to be inside you have to be just like we've got to stop this i I show my my anger with with passion uh I would hug you and and kiss you and put handcuffs on you at the same time mm. but does this you anger gotta, you when you're called to the scene like this do, are you anger angry about these thugs these criminals? that are just running rampant, it seems, in our community. I am, uh, because of the opportunity that got them there to begin with, uh, because weapons of mass destruction, weapons period, is is so easy uh, to obtain. Uh, To go to an event like that, 
a peaceful gathering where people are having a great time meeting their relatives, uh, eating and, and so forth. You take a weapon with you, your intent is to, to cause some, some harm to someone. And without a doubt, that deeply, deeply angers me and saddens me. Chief, I know as a police officer, it's you. It's very frustrating in your position because you can have a thousand officers on the streets. You can make arrests and, and do your job in interdiction units. But if once you make that arrest, if the if the case is then pled down in court and they're released, how that's got to be frustrating. Because I guarantee you these guys that did this, we're going to – Ruben, he posts these, the mug, you know, the mugshots of these violent crime offenders. I guarantee you we're going we're gonna to know them. Well, you know, in order for the police to be effective and proficient at their job, you have to focus more on doing the best that you can do with what you got to work with and what your responsibilities are. And our responsibilities as as police officers – is is apprehension is to get people headed in that direction into the criminal justice system and someone else picks it up and go go forth with it from there but we have to focus on our job which is apprehension on the shreveport security systems message board i don't know uh one of the commenters says uh, does the lady hosting the party have any responsibility because should she have contacted the police if more than 200 people showed up uninvited? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say she did. Uh, I don't think that there's hardly any gatherings where anyone can tell you exactly how many people are going to come. People just invite themselves. Uh, the small community where, where I'm from <clears throat> in Red River Parish, you would come outside. You could come outside on Saturday any particular day and fire up your grill and not invite nobody, and all of a sudden you got got 100 people that show mm-hmm. up. Yeah. What happens now? You know, we hear the, the old 48 hours. Um, you're now 24, 30 hours in. What's happening today with this case? What are your detectives doing? Uh, they're still on the ground uh, evaluating the information that, that's coming in. Uh, they're still in the area. Uh, I don't know how to how they make it without sleep. And, you know, other things have happened uh, since then that they have to respond to also. Uh, I'm so proud of them for the fine work that they do. But they're out there trying to uh, do the best that they can with what they got to work with. So please, community, anything at all that you know about this event or people that was involved, forward that information to our, our, our way. Give us a call. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too small. Okay. And will they be back canvassing the, the neighborhood and trying to get in touch with everybody that was at the party, looking at anybody's videos? Is that part of the process as well? Absolutely. Uh, that that process began immediately after we responded there, and daylight hit yesterday, and many investigators were back in the area going house to house. Are there any city-owned crime uh, crime watch cameras from that area at all? I think that there are some, yes, there are some up in that area. Yes, there are. And have you been able to access any information from that from that footage? I don't want to talk too much in details about the information that we already have, uh, but there are crime care cameras in that area. People who are listening to you, and we're talking to Chief Wayne Smith this morning, um, 
do you would you anticipate arrest would be imminent in this case or do you think this is going to take a little time well that's very hard to say i hadn't been briefed uh this morning because mm-hmm. i've been here with you right so i don't know all the information all that has been developed overnight okay and once the suspects are in custody um the detectives will then continue to build their cases and gather evidence and talk to people. But anybody at that party needs to come forward. Absolutely. This is horrible. A dark cloud uh, came over that area. Uh, from what I understand, the majority of the people that they are, are family members that live in the neighborhood, enjoying a family tradition for the last eight or ten years. And I know you're horrified uh, so anything at all that you know or you learn that can help us, help us solve this crime and bring those that are responsible to justice. Do you know if the suspects were members to have fun and then something happened or did they show up to cause trouble? Do you, are you, are you? We're, we're not at that point yet uh, to say one way or the other. And Chief, you said the, the four victims killed were adult males. Of those wounded... There were no children wounded. That's accurate, correct? Uh, not to my knowledge, that there wasn't. But there were children at this event. We could easily be talking about dead children or wounded children today, correct? You're exactly right. Uh, when when a, uh, a gun is shot, when a bullet is fired, uh, it has no particular person who it likes to strike. Oh, and you are still dealing with a shortage of police officers. Yes. So you are thin-staffed as it is. Yes. And dealing with now, I think this is our 40th. I don't I don't have the numbers in my brain. Our 40th homicide that of the year. That sounds about right, yes. Um, which is kind of on record pace. Well, at 41 now with the fourth. With the fourth, yeah. right. Um, how big How big a concern is it that we're not, we're just barely now halfway into the year? It's a big concern. Uh, the heat is upon us. Uh, people's tempers are flaying. It is a big concern of mine, but uh, we're going to constantly adjust and readjust our resources uh, to where they're most needed and most effective at the time, and we're going to do our best to reduce uh, what's what's been happening. So what's the number of officers now that you need? How many down are we at this point? 140 plus. Wow. But you can't hardly, it's hard to keep up with attrition because as we graduate a small number uh that many generally retires or quits through attrition so we're not gaining ground like we would like to next academy class pitch that for me real quick it's coming up isn't it this Uh, fall we're hoping in uh latter july first august okay so people that are interested can get in touch with the with With the recruiting recruiting and they'll help and we we like to have you know academy classes of around 35 to 40 Okay. Uh, people each time. If we could do that a couple of times a year, we could get back on track to where we need to be. How many are we having now? We have two a year, but generally we've not been able to secure hardly any more than 10 or so uh, per academy class. Gotcha. Chief Wayne Smith, Crime Stoppers number 673-7373. For anybody who's got information, you guys need every tidbit you can get. Oh, uh, well, we do. We mm-hmm. do. And uh, thank you so much to those out there who have uh, called and provided information to us thus far. And I pray that others 
who may know something, call us also. Chief Wayne Smith, thanks for coming in this morning. We're continually praying for you and your, your men and women. Thank you. I did until you said something. Now it's gone. <laughs> Golly. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. You're supposed to be writing stuff down. Well, I, I kind of do. I, I I did make a note, Ben and Jerry's. We'll, yeah, we're going to get to that. Aaron, this just... I'm I'm thinking... I'm, I'm probably um, a representative of the masses, if that mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then the masses are fed up with this bullshiggity that's going on yeah. with these woke corporations. Look, you're going to get me all. We need to talk about I'm, that. I'm, I'm just fed up with it. Yeah. Can we do that one at length at, at 740? Because I'm, I'm there with you. And, you know, and I'm I'm not. Yeah, they, they drive me nuts. They drive me nuts. I'm, I'm People are angry at me today because I decided I was going to tell you who my favorite ribs are in town and i have it's been a secret for a long time i've never said anything to anybody but yesterday i ha- I didn't have ribs on the fourth of july and i thought usually i'll have ribs you know once or twice over that weekend and i didn't have any and i thought i need ribs and so i go to my spot that i love um it's a hole in the wall a lot of people don't realize it's there still but it, it's been there for like I know. I mean, Aaron, I know at least sixty years. And I saw something online that this is their twenty fifth year, and I'm thought, no, no, that's not right. It's way older than that. Unless it's different owners. Maybe it's different owners. I don't know. Or but do, I don't even. Yeah. But I don't even think that because I went there when I lived out in North Shreveport back in the seventies. We're talking about Jacks on North Market. Jack's Barbecue. And you go in, I got in there about 11, right at 11. There's a line, 10, 12 people waiting to order. Most everybody's taking it to go. But yeah, because it's, it's pretty small if, yeah. you, if you eat there. Oh, yeah, it is small. It's small and it's a hole in the wall and it looks like nothing's been changed for 25 years. <laughs> but those ribs <laughs> melt could, yeah. in your mouth. They are so good. Disagree with me, that's okay. I'm not going to fight you over it. Well, maybe I will. But I just love those ribs. I'm so, and I, it's not a commercial. I'm just telling you. Right. I just had yeah, to have them. Yeah, this is not a paid advertisement. And I said, God, those are so good. So good. Mm. I'm sorry. I digress. I didn't save you any. Sorry. <laughs> you know me and ribs. You ain't getting any. <laughs> I want to try your potato salad. Uh, coming up, uh, Insurance Commissioner Jim Donnellan gave us uh, some interesting information on automobile insurance in Louisiana. We'll talk about that next. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, Louisiana Insurance Commissioner Jim Donnellan. Uh, thanks for coming up, talking with us this morning. 
be with you, Mike. I know you made a trip just to come in the studio. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Never leave without it. I, yeah. I know we're going to talk about hurricanes. We're in hurricane season. It's officially gotten underway. I want to talk about auto insurance, though, because we were talking during the break about this UBI. Is that mm-hmm. what you're calling yep. it? UBI policy. U- Utilization-based insurance. Which means they, they track your vehicle. Put a monitor on your bumper. Monitor your speed, monitor your jackrabbit starting and stopping, uh, your your speed compared to the speed limit where you're driving because, as you know, they know everything already. Where you are, like MapQuest, and how fast the speed, what the speed limit is, where you're driving versus what your speed is being being monitored. And that'll save you how much if you agree On to that? On average, 20%. I just don't want to do it, though. I, I mean, I know they're tracking through the phone. I know, you, you know, but I'm not going to give them even more ammo. I, or I had the option when I just recently changed my homeowner's insurance to USAA and then bundled and got a discount for bundling and paying automatically out of my checking account and all that and was offered the UBI. And like you, I just said, no, don't. Because your driving sucks? In part, <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't like me if, if they I, I, watched me. Now, I'll admit, as I get older, my driving has, I'll say, calmed down a little bit. I agree. I, you know, Mine, too. I, well, I, I keep I could hitting get to deer Dallas and Christmas and... trees. That's my problem. Well, where I live, it's alligators. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we see them on the side of the road between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Multiples all the time. What? Big alligators. Jim, sorry, Jim no Donlan, our, inch, our auto rates in Louisiana are... I mean, they're absolutely, people gripe about it all the time. I know you hear it. What's going to change that? What will help? We are by far the most expensive state in America, by far. But that's not going to happen. And and we are also by far the most claims to litigation ratio state in America. And you see it, billboards everywhere, Mm -hmm. television ads everywhere. Uh, One call, it used to be one call, now it's one click. Um, you, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's pervasive. It's it's a mindset. It's part of our culture, and we had it fixed as best we can with the special session. Uh, Senator K- uh, Kirk Talbot of River Ridge, chairman of the the uh, Senate Insurance Committee, used to be chairman of the House Insurance Committee, put a package of tort reform measures through the legislature. Overwhelmingly, Governor vetoed it, and so of course he did. It was it was. Very disappointing. And it's hurting every aspect of our state. In particular, the working poor, who the law requires to have insurance, or they wouldn't have it in a a large Mm -hmm. number of cases. Because they buy the minimum limits because they don't have assets to protect. Do you anticipate that the next legislative session, when we have a new governor, that we have a chance of possibly getting this through? No doubt. It passed almost veto-proof last last time mm-hmm. and and he vetoed it and we came back into session special session because of other issues that that necessitated a, a special session and we passed a watered down version of mm. it now look if we had passed the bill as introduced and as passed but vetoed rates would have gone down my guesstimate i got beat up by the trial lawyers for saying this by 25 percent if that had happened we would have gone from number one just to number seven. That's uh-huh. how far above 
the rest of the country. Who was our pressuring our governor to veto? Well, was it the trial lawyers, lawyers oh, or was it the insurance companies? Well, it's the trial lawyers, but it's also some rural hospitals and other health care providers who profit from the system as we have it in place. They want us to wreck and get hurt. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a profit source. It's, it's money. It's, it's mm-hmm. fees. It's... Shame on them, Jim. Shame well, on them. That's awful. Uh, you, you can say the same thing about the lawyers. Oh, profiting yeah. from it we as do. Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, really sad. It's it's a huge industry in our state, and it's a humongous, as my grandkids would say, burden to our economy and to the people who live here. But you in also particular, look at the working poor. If you've got a corporation looking to bring, okay, I want to, I want to bring five hundred people to the state to work. Oh, wait a minute. They're going to have to pay the highest rates in the country mm-hmm. for auto insurance As or a homeowner's insurance? I remember going to a reception at the end of a legislative day and complaining about so I was chair of the House Insurance Committee at the time, and this guy is there with, at the, in the conversation, was the new dean of the dental school in New Orleans. And he came from Baltimore. And he said, when I got my bill from USAA after I moved down here, I called him up and said, you must have sent me a one-year uh, bill wow. instead of the usual six months mm-hmm. and they told him no sir doctor and but for the honor of doing business in every state we'd rather not be in louisiana i just find it amazing that my auto insurance bill now i have good coverage my auto insurance monthly charge is more than my electric bill it's more than my cell phone it's more than any other bill at my house it's no never doubt. been like that, and no it just get keeps getting worse. No question about it. I, I, I hear you. I've, I, I went into the Capitol getting tested for my COVID, wearing a mask, m- wiping down the, the mics and the chairs before I test a half dozen times for that bill and, and passed it, and, and, and it got vetoed. You mentioned something, too. We're going to talk about hurricanes in the second segment, but I want to ask you one more thing with regard uh-huh. to auto insurance. You said something about things change when you get 65. Uh-huh. Can, we didn't talk about this on the air, so right. can you explain Absolutely. what's going to happen when, as you get... 25 years ago, mm-hmm. in the interest of protecting the elderly, the legislature passed a bill that says after 65, you can't have a rate increase based on your age. Age is off the uh, charts for... And, and frankly, the elderly pay more than the middle-aged. Mm-hmm. The the young pay more than the elderly. Right. But it's based upon actuarial science. It's done in every state mm-hmm. across America uh, on that basis. Age is a factor. But for the, for the protection of the elderly, no age-based increases after age 65. So what the companies do, only in Louisiana, at 65, they calculate how long you're going to live. Females live longer, drive longer than males do. And they calculate how many rate increases will be needed over that life expectancy after 65 and hit it all at one time at age 64 and 364 days. So you're going to get a massive increase uh, right before you turn 65. One. I wouldn't call it massive, but a big one. Yes. Noticeable. Indeed. Absolutely. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thank God I'm only 30, Mine's already 39. There. I'm 78 now. Yeah. So, uh, I'm only 39, I'm, so I'm I got frozen. a ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It just I'm sorry. We start talking about insurance companies and I get mad. Yeah. I'm I know. just 
furious mm-hmm. right now. Don't blame the insurance companies. Blame us because we can fix it. We created it. It's a man-made crisis. We allow it. We continue to exist uh, to to allow it and and to uh, coexist with it. it okay, now I'm mad at you. Way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay with us. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Insurance Commissioner Jim Donnellan, Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven. One seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now, if you're streaming, you might not have heard the, that last spot that just played with uh, Henry Winkler. <laughs> and it got me thinking. The Fonz. The Fonz. Whoa. Now, in the <laughs> 70s, that was the coolest dude on TV. Oh, the leather jacket. Hey. Hey. He was so cool. Whoa. Every the girl Fonz. wanted him. Motorcycle, who, which Henry Winkler couldn't ride a motorcycle. No. No. Which was apparent even on the opening of the show. <laughs> Anybody that rides could realize, okay. That's not his thing, yeah. But <laughs> but but what it, it got me thinking, what there's off the top of your head, an actor that you've only known from a character, and then you see an interview or you know, later oh. and you go, Oh my gosh, Easy. they don't even talk the same. Edith Bunker. Edith, yes. Not even oh, very good. Yeah, I mean yeah. Uh, Archie too, really. Well, Archie, Archie too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. For me, the one of the first I remember was Major Charles Emerson Winchester the Third. Oh yeah, yeah, true. And 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 now I'm blank on his name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is sad. What I can't a even. Edith's name was it Stapleton? Gene Stapleton. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Oh man, yes. There's a lot of them, but Henry Winkler, so far away from the Fonz. Yeah. So far away. A band of brothers. The the actor, the young actor at the time that played uh, Lieutenant Winters, mm-hmm. an, an American hero. And if you don't know who Lieutenant Winters is, you need to look him up and, and realize mm-hmm. how amazing this man was. Right. But the actor was British. <laughs> and you watch the show, Band of Brothers, and you just love Winters. I know. And... And Amazing. Then, and then there's an interview with the actor, and he says, Man. well, I got to spend time with him. I was like, shut, what? No. Man, me, me and my friends call it housing. <laughs> you got housed like uh, Bob Bob Hoskins in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. He, oh. I, I, that was the first thing I ever saw him in, and then I saw him in an interview, and I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yes, well, and then you get, like like the house. show House, you get housed yeah. by a British person. Absolutely, no doubt. Coming up just after 7 o'clock, Mayor Tom Arsenault going to join us. Uh, and uh, we'll also have the Soda Parish Sheriff Jason Richardson talking about the Brian Horn murder trial mm-hmm. next hour. Stay with us, Mike and McCarty, 1017. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Tom, good morning. Thanks for talking with us this morning. Good morning, guys. 
We're uh, uh, obviously calling about the uh, July 4th shooting on the Martin Luther King area. Four people died, seven others injured. Um, is there any new information that you can share with us? Any information on possible suspects? Uh, I don't have any information on possible suspects at the moment. Uh, I think the uh, FPD feels like they're making progress in the investigation, but uh, no information that we really can share at this time. Mayor, I'm looking at a, a site that uh, tracks, you know, mass shootings. I'm I'm looking at several in Shreveport since the first of the year. I'm, how disturbed are you about this and about what's going on? Well, it's a, it's a, not a good development, and I am quite disturbed about it. And uh, I think we have a group of people who seem to be solving their uh, displeasures with guns rather than some other way or, or just, uh, you know, there's some things you just ought to let roll off your back. And there appear to be groups of people in the city of Shreveport who can't do that. They feel like every word that's said against them or every uh, slight uh, remark that's made is required to be met with some kind of gunfire. And uh, that's uh, that's a critical problem that we have, and it, it appears to be spreading. That's the concern that, you know, we, we, it seems like we can't get through a weekend when we don't have a tragedy involving gun violence in our community. What can you do better as mayor? What we're trying to do is to uh, use police intelligence that is shared by the multiple agencies that have some jurisdiction over this to identify people that we think are likely to be involved in this kind of activity. Uh, there are, and uh, it is my belief that there are some neighborhood gangs, uh, loosely organized, but still groups of, of people who um, either have turf wars or they're exchanging messages through rap videos or through other kinds of uh, sharing where they're insulting each other or uh, doing something like that 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 causes someone to feel the need to retaliate and they have the weapons to retaliate with. Well, the coroner released the names of the four victims in the shooting. They're all young black males ranging from, I think, 17 to about 24 years old, which would Mm -hmm. seem to me these were targeted individuals. Um, And and it bears out what you're saying about uh, gang violence. I think uh, I, I, of course, I do not know the four four young men. Uh, I do believe that there was an intention to confront some people by the people who came in to perpetrate uh, these crimes. And and, uh, there was an exchange of words and then an exchange of gunfire is what I understand. Of course, I'm not a witness to that. I didn't see any of it. And and I do uh, want to clarify, I'm not saying that all four victims were members of uh, any particular gang, but it just appears... a lot of times, a lot of times when you begin firing, you may aim for person A and hit person B and person person A was your target, but person B is the person who is actually hit and injured or killed. And I think the police are still trying to kind of sort sort out that, and it will take some time. I know that they uh, were 
following some procedures yesterday that I'm not do not feel at liberty to share because it's the open investigation. Uh, but I think that they are looking to try and identify more facts about who the people were, who the victims were, what relationships they may have had uh, for two reasons. One, to investigate this crime, and two, to uh, perhaps anticipate retaliatory action. The, the, um, do we know yet, Mayor, if the people that were shot were invited guests at the party some i guess some of the wounded were probably invited guests and they got caught in the crossfire but do we know if any of the victims who died were like interlopers or were invited guests i really don't know the answer to that i'm not i'm not sure this was a i'm not sure that this was a a party where everybody had a written invitation right. or something like that uh, so i really don't know enough about the party itself to know how a person was invited to the party or had permission to come to the party the chief of police was with us uh, yesterday or day before and uh, yesterday i guess and said um He's down 140 officers. Every time we talk to him, that number keeps going up. You just can't catch up with retirements and officers moving. Do you have a plan to try to to try to seriously address that? I mean, we've, we we both we boosted pay 13 percent. That hasn't really put a dent at all in it. What else can we do with regard to that front? Uh, Chief Smith, uh, with our encouragement, uh, Chief Smith has rearranged his recruiting uh, force, and uh, there there are uh, some people that are that I think are passionate about recruiting. He's also preparing a detailed recruiting budget. Um, the 2023 uh, budget did not have a significant budget for recruiting. We're going to increase that. Uh, we will be applying for a recently passed uh, state legislative uh, bonus system that will award $5,000 to new police recruits, and we think that will happen. I think the other thing is uh, community support and the reaction of the community to police officers is very, very important. And uh, the more that we can support police officers, the more that uh, the more it is a more attractive uh, professional position for other people. So I think we will have that. We are not alone. The sheriff's office is down. Most law enforcement officers uh, offices across the country are down. Uh, given the circumstances that we have, it is very difficult to motivate people to join a profession that is dangerous. Uh, and under which you are under particular scrutiny for every single thing you do. Mayor, uh, we're talking with Mayor Tom Arsenault of Shreveport. Mayor, can you hold on with us for one more segment? I can. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. We're going re- we'll, uh, um, I'm going to take a break, <laughs> get my lips working again, and we'll be back with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault, Mike and McCarthy. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Also a free download, the Keel News app. We're talking with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. Uh, let's uh, switch gears just a little bit, Mayor, and talk about uh, storm debris cleanup. Tell us where we are. I know you've uh, you've 
put out re, uh, RFPs for cleanup, and companies have responded. Yes, they have. In fact, we've uh, we've made a uh, we've made a selection and process of finalizing that contract. I hope it'll be finalized today or tomorrow. Uh, basically, they'll get a notice to proceed, and they will begin. Uh, they will begin picking up debris. They're going to make at least three passes throughout the city. Uh, with their equipment to pick up debris. Uh, they're supposed to do that within 42 days, which is seven weeks, uh, excuse me, six weeks. And uh, I got my math backwards. And then the... Did you uh, go to Northwood with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to Captain Shreve, and I'm sure Dr. McCullough is quite unhappy with my math. <laughs> at the moment, she was my advanced math teacher. So put your uh, stuff out the curve. Maybe that's why I got a B. <laughs> so you need to put your stuff out at the curb. Does it matter how big it is, Mayor? It really doesn't matter how big it is, but it is very important that only that in those piles, only vegetative waste. In other words, if you have other yes. damaged things or other things, don't put it with the branches and the tree trunks and that kind of thing, uh, because the site that we have gotten approved, which was one of the other things we had to do, the site that we got approved is a city-owned site, but it's only approved for vegetative waste. So it'll all be brought there, and then it will be processed there before it's disposed of. And we're still uh, discussing how we might dispose of it, how small the pieces will be, whether it might be available for uh, either for the landfill uh, or uh, perhaps for some other environmental-friendly uses. And we're trying to uh, investigate that. But the most important thing is to get it off the street. But it, we're, looking at, uh, we're looking at the end of August or the first part of September before that process is finished. With this amount of debris that is going to be picked up, is it possible to, you know, maybe turn that into mulch and actually be able to sell it to and benefit from that, from that waste at all? That's that's one of the options. The cost benefit of that is one of the options uh, that we're looking at, and so uh, that is something that I would like to see. I just don't know whether it's economically viable or not. Mayor, we're speaking with Mayor Tom Arsenault. Will there be a schedule of, you know, here's the neighborhoods they're working on on Mondays? You know, kind of like our garbage pickup. Will there be any kind of schedule like that, or is it just going to kind of be citywide or, or random? We have not gotten that far with the company to determine it. They're still they're still looking, engaging subcontractors and that kind of thing. So uh, I don't I don't know the answer to that. It does make sense, and if, if that's the most efficient way to do it, then that would be it. But one of the reasons they're going to make up to three passes is, you know, regardless of where you tell people to have it out by a certain day, if they can't get somebody to help them get it out by that day, it doesn't do them much good. So. There'll be multiple passes through the city. There's also a provision in their uh, RFP that I, I read. Yeah, I don't have a life, so I read the RFP. It, it was $1.5 million. Um, you anticipate that this company will be able to handle that and also clean up the parks, too, because I know there's a lot of stuff down in a lot of our parks. Uh, they should be able to. Uh, they should be able to do that, and it's certainly part of the contract. Okay, and that work will start how soon you have to you have to finalize it and then how quickly do they ramp up and and get in town i would hope within two weeks from today okay and are they local company will they be using some local companies 
they are not a local company, but they will be using local subcontractors. One of the reasons we chose this particular one was it it had a fair share component in it. Well, Mayor Tom Arsenault, you hit the ground running. You're now uh, six months in, and uh, you have had a massive storm. You've had lots of violence. Um, is, there, is there something else you're worried about coming soon? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, I cherish my normal weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're. But, you we're, know, uh, this is this is uh, this is what we anticipated. Not not all of these things we anticipated, but we anticipated challenges, and we have a staff that's prepared to handle them, and uh, we think we're handling them uh, skillfully and uh, calmly. And I think that's the most important for the people. Is that. We will make our, we, this is a strong community and we will make it through all this. Uh, and so it now is not a time to, to panic. We certainly can feel sadness and we mourn for people that are, that are injured, but we have to move forward and we have to move forward calmly and with resolve. And, and, uh, Mayor, would you, uh, be sure to come forward with any more information as it, as it becomes available, especially on, uh, suspects or things like that? We certainly will. At the, at the time that we feel like we're able to do that without hindering the investigation, uh, we will certainly pass along that information. And you are, again, urging folks with any, no no tidbit is too small, come forward, report what you know, correct? Correct. Yeah, I think, I think there are people out in the community who have an idea uh, what group these people might be belong to or who these people might be, and that information is very important to us. Mayor Tom Arsenault, uh, now Aaron says, is there anything you're dreading coming up? Let me ask you this. Is there something that you're looking forward to? Let's end on a positive. Is there something that that uh, maybe you can tell us about that you're excited about? Well, we have a, we have a great balloon rally uh, no, a weekend after this, and there are a lot of really good things, good things going on in the city, and I am encouraged by what I see out there. I think there's some new attitudes of, of people that... They take a blow to the face when we have one of these things, but we recover from this. That's mm-hmm. the greatness. The greatness and the resolve of our community is that we recognize there's some things that we don't have any real control over, but that we can exercise our rights and our abilities in the things that we do have control over, and that's very important. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault, thank you, sir, and we hope you do have a a, a nice weekend in front of you. I appreciate it. Thank you all very much for having me on. Thanks. Coming up after the news, uh, DeSoto Parish Sheriff Jason Richardson going to join us talking about the Brian Horn murder trial. Mike and McCarthy. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and uh, we'll be talking with uh, Desoto Parish Sheriff Jason Richardson just after the break. Stay close about the Brian Horn murder trial next.
101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, DeSoto Parish Sheriff Jason Richardson joining us this morning. Uh, Sheriff, first of all, thanks for talking with us. And I want to mention, first of all, the uh, the post that you put on Facebook, very well written and uh, just really heartfelt. And, and I appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about that. You've been in that trial this entire time. Correct. Yeah, I'm talking uh, about the Brian Horn murder trial. Correct. Um, as I kind of said in the post, you know, I was present for the the first trial, every minute of that first trial, and uh, you know that was that was heart wrenching enough. Uh, but to see this family, you know, have to be have to go through that again is just something that uh, you know you just never want to see any any family have to endure one time, much less twice. But um, you know they're they're the epitome of, of strong people, uh, and so uh, we saw that again this time. And uh, you know they they've not wavered since day one, but uh, still such a such a. Um, I know that today that they don't have to get up, we don't have to go to court, we don't have to to do this uh, anymore. But but you know I, I also know that there's always going to be that um, apprehension of all the appeal process again and all of that, you know, so, um, but, but I can tell you that this, this case was definitely done right. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. Uh, I I spent, Sheriff, I spent a couple of days down there uh, observing, you know, obviously we all know we are friends with the family. Uh, Amy Bloxham is our boss. um, And I've worked with her beside her for many, many, many years. I was impressed by how you, the prosecutors, the entire DeSoto Parish team um, took such meticulous care of the evidence, of the proceedings, etc. I mean, you guys did an amazing job, and you're not a massive parish. I mean, you're not like Orleans or, or Caddo even. You guys did an incredible job making sure that everything was ready for trial two, which we had to endure. Well, I appreciate that, and that certainly is, uh, uh, you know, that's, one of the, the major issues that, that has to happen for all of that to, to come together, like you saw, is for those relationships that we have with each other in those individual capacities, you know, sheriff's office, district attorney's office, um, the, the judge, uh, you know, that run, she's not been through a capital trial before. And that is, uh, you know, there's so many nuances to that. Uh, and, and having sat in the courtroom you you probably couldn't tell that she didn't do that on a daily basis mm-hmm. uh, you know she did a great job at that but those relationships not only with ourselves you know in, in DeSoto but if you were there doing some of the testimony from outside of uh, our area uh, you know those other agencies that jump right in to help um, those relationships are as important as well and uh, that that's what allows us in this area we're we're very fortunate uh I know sheriffs across the state. I don't know that their relationships with their sheriffs and with their other agencies uh, are as close as we tend to be up here locally. And uh, though, you know, with that, there are sometimes I think that that we don't necessarily recognize the professionals that we have working uh, in law enforcement and prosecution Jason, that we have here. We don't necessarily see the treasure that we have sometimes. Let me ask you, what, what now with Brian Horn? How soon is he transported to death row? What is your procedure for that? I mean, you got obviously got to talk to your team about getting that done, but he now moves to Angola, back back to Angola, right? 
he does. My hope is uh, that, that that happens today. <clears throat> we actually made that call uh, last night. I think uh, I'm not, I don't recall what time court let out, but it was after eight. Uh, and we made that call last night trying to arrange uh, that for today. And that's my hope that uh, that all of that is uh, is accomplished today and he gets to go where where he lives out the days that he has left and you will have a deputy that will bring him they don't come get him you bring him down there correct uh actually they may come get him uh today they offered that last night if not uh certainly we are willing to take him back now when when somebody's convicted and when with the death penalty does he go directly to death row or does he go into the general population first and move over they go straight into death row no, he'll he'll go back into death row where he's been uh, this entire time. Well, we, uh, you know the important thing at this point too is uh, you know this is this is one case, and I I talked to Aaron, I guess earlier in this week, uh, you know with the uh, some of the commutations of, of sentences that are that are being requested right now. Uh, the, the important thing that we have to do moving forward is to make sure the death the death penalty is carried out. Uh, and and I'm very very hopeful in the in the future. I've had conversations with uh, uh, Attorney General Landry, which I perceive being our governor, uh, and and you know he assures me that that is something that can can happen. And and so now it's to make make that penalty something that that is effective. Now this is uh, this I may be faith. out of your purview, but but it is something people are thinking about. For Brian Horn. Um, a commutation at this point by Governor John Bell Edwards is not possible because he's got the appeals process ahead of him still, correct? Uh, I don't think that that, I mean, I certainly, I think he has the ability to commute a sentence at any time. Uh. Uh, but he still has not, he won't be effectively sentenced until September, I believe. And so a lot of that, timeline that has to happen of putting all that information in and requesting that can't start until that point uh and so i, I imagine those days are, are are limited on whether he could even get that done or not sheriff i, I think i've known you since you were 10 perhaps maybe something like Probably. that uh, i wanted to ask you something troubled me and let me i'll just cut right to the chase sure in watching uh mr horn being moved to and from the court i noticed he wasn't handcuffed he was in his sure. street why did y'all do that so during the first trial there was um a motion made i don't know all the nuances of of that particular motion uh, because I, I wasn't present for that motion hearing in the first trial but it determined what his capacity would be as far as restrictions on what you could use to detain him with during the trial uh they even made us remove we we generally keep a shock belt on on those individuals uh as opposed to handcuffs uh, they actually made us remove that during the first trial uh, they made us remove it during this trial as well because all of the motions that were held in the first case stood in the second case they did not rehear all of those mm. uh and so but what was different in this case is although he did leave in handcuffs last night after the sentencing was done okay um but prior to that he was wearing a shot belt once he left the, the court i'm just but sitting we, here we didn't even get that the first time yeah I'm, I'm just sitting here in amazement how we continue when you say they made us we capitulate to these criminals the, the, 
I'm sorry. I'm oh, getting sir, very frustrated. Sir, no, I, I know Aaron said earlier, you know, he wanted some coffee, so they had to go get him coffee. He wanted some monitors so he could see his victims. He wanted this put on his monitor and constant capitulation, giving him whatever he wanted. Sure. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely frustrating uh, for, for us as well, uh, particularly when, you know, you sit through. The one thing that, that bothered me this entire trial uh, and the previous trial is there's never, uh, I never looked at Brian and thought there was a, a moment of, of remorse in mm -hmm. him. He spent every day of every trial looking for a technicality, writing a motion to drag this out or to create some sort of um, pause in the, in the proceedings. He did that. That's not, that's not a person of, of, of guilt. That's not a person of, or, or at least personal guilt. That's not a person who has, uh, you know, has some sort of remorse for what they've done. Uh, and, and the fact that, if I'm completely honest with you, I feel like he in, he enjoyed the proceedings mm. to be the center of well, attention. That's what it sounds uh, like to me. that's very bothersome. Yeah. I, I know the state of, and, and this may be, uh, again, out of, out of your range of expertise, but the, the, we haven't executed somebody in over 13 years. Um, and with John Bell, I don't see it happening before the first of the year. There's been an, there's been a, a debate on the medications that are being used. What's the latest, and what do we need to do other than a new governor to uh, to begin to start cleaning out death row? In my conversations with uh, with Attorney General Landry, that happened prior to uh, him running for governor. I, you know, I've I've had those questions. The next person up. Uh, for execution is a DeSoto Parish case from 1991 um, or 92. Very gruesome child that was murdered, uh, tortured, and uh, that's the that's the next case that is up for execution. And so I called, you know, question and you know why why does this? What is the problem? Why is this not moving forward? Thank you. Uh, and so he was explaining to me, you know, basically that uh, the excuse that's being used is the inability to get the proper medications, but you know he he tells me that that is basically completely at the governor's lap uh that the governor with very little effort could uh could obtain those just as texas does which i i offered that we maybe should outsource that to texas we contract mm -hmm. lots of things out but um anyway that um that that is that is the holdup uh mm -hmm. and so i am so I, the governor is stalling phone, basically Yes, sir. Jason, I was literally on the phone last night after the after I left the courthouse uh, about that very thing. Jason uh, Richardson, so, Sheriff in DeSoto, let me ask you sure. one, one more thing I know you want to mention. This jury from Vernon Parish came up here to hear this case. They were housed here. They were sequestered. They're now, have they gone back home yet? And, and uh, you have to praise them for, I mean, they're, they're going to be scarred for absolutely. life. They heard some horrible things. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when they start this process, they learn a little about the type of case that's going to be heard. Of course, you know, a lot, many people don't want to be in jury duty to begin with, uh, much less one that they recognize is going to be long and drawn out. But once they recognize the seriousness of the case and um, the, the gravity and the weight of the entire thing, uh, you know, they they definitely are, are uh, vested in the process. And uh, they, they, they were excellent. Uh, you know, we did as much as we could do uh, to, to keep them uh, somewhat lighthearted, particularly after the fact, you know, after each court day, 
you know, to kind of lighten the mood. And, and we, I promise you, they've eaten at every everything that Shreveport, Bossier, DeSoto has to offer that is good food. Uh, they have eaten it uh, just to uh, you know to, to to lighten the experience that they were were having uh, because that's a lot to put on somebody. Uh, but they were definitely um, a, a good, solid group of, of people. And, you know, you take them out of their homes and they're only able to have conversations with their family. Uh, obviously, you can't speak at all about the trial. And mm-hmm. the conversations they do have are monitored by a deputy that sits there with them while they have a few minutes mm-hmm. to uh, to just talk to their family. But we did take them back last night. Um, we gave them the opportunity uh, the moment the trial was over. Uh, they they were able to to finally speak to the family and vice versa family speak to them and uh you know, we spent 15 or 20 minutes uh letting them do that and then uh you know we got their stuff and got they were ready to go home yeah mm. sheriff we can't thank you enough for your time and for you know all your staff y'all did an, an amazing job and uh thank you so much for being there and, and joining us today Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sheriff Jason Bye-bye. Richardson, DeSoto Parish Sheriff with Mike and One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I'm so glad it's Friday. I Me cannot too. even begin to tell you. How can this week that started off being such a short week mm-hmm. ended up and everybody I've asked about this, this has been the longest dead gum week ever. Yeah, I only had three days too, so yeah, it seemed like it dragged on, dragged on. Stay close. We do have more to come next hour. Micah McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel. One oh one seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. On Friday AM and Aaron, I... <laughs> We all know what happened with Bud Light. Yep. And <laughs> the the thing about Bud Light was it appears on the surface that they're trying to make it look like, um, hey, we anybody that had anything to do with this Dylan Mulvaney situation is gone. Mm-hmm. That, that marketing director that uh, instigated the whole thing that wanted to reach out to new audiences or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been she's been fired, or or they say she's been fired, or at least moved to someplace else. Um, so they're distancing themselves from that, but but the damage has been done, right? And uh, unfortunately for those uh, involved, there have been a lot of people laid off. People are, I I think. People are fed up with this, with with ideology being shoved down our throats that they don't agree with. Yeah. And in the latest situation is is now Ben and Jerry's. Um 
this is crazy this, what they did. And this is not their first foray into controversial behavior. Wokeness, yeah. So, so I don't I don't know that this is going to hurt because I think anybody that are Ben and Jerry I don't know. I've never bought Ben and Jerry's. I, is it even available here? Yes, it is. I have bought it. Yeah, I, I have bought it. There are some I like. Because I know years ago, I mean, even going back to 2016, um, the, you know, they, they started yakking about mm-hmm. left-wing policies and, and whatnot. Tell them what they, the latest thing, what well, they did. So what this is done, nuts. So what they've done now is they, they sent out a, a, a tweet, which another reason I just despise social media, uh, but they, they're calling on customers to commit to returning indigenous land. But that this country is celebrating July 4th on stolen land. And we should return the land starting with Mount Rushmore. Give the land back to indigenous people. Give the land back. It's July 4th, and I'm quoting. This July 4th, it's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Ben and Jerry's wrote in its Twitter account. Okay. Ah, the 4th of July. Who doesn't love a good parade, some tasty barbecue, and a stirring fireworks display? The only problem with all that, though, is it can distract from an essential truth about this nation's birth. The U.S. was founded on stolen indigenous land. Mm, Okay. And so they want to return it. Now, people have replied, you know... uh, Tim uh, Tim Young says, "Give all your property and land back, right now, yeah, or, or shut up." Mm-hmm. That that plant you have in in Vermont, and the other factories you have around the country, um, are you first in line to give the land back? Do, do the indigenous people now own your factories? Uh, is that how we're going to do this, Mike? It's just silly. It's silliness to even think that the, this would be a wise thing to do. And where did that come from? Where, I mean, where did that even come from? I don't. How do you? How does somebody in your corporate chain of command think this will be good for our business? Aren't you supposed to do things that are good for your business and make you money? That's why you're in business. Now you're going. There are people now. There. You look on Facebook. Boycott Ben and Jerry's. You will get inundated with people that are like, never buying it again. (laughs) Never doing it again. We're going to give all the land back. Okay, line up, Ben and Jerry. I don't know who Catherine Brodsky is. She's got a blue check mark on her Twitter. Says, sounds good. Mm -hmm. Let's start with giving away Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Indigenous people now own the Ben and Jerry's factory in Vermont. Let me see that headline. Yeah. Is that headline coming? Don't think so. When when will they learn? You know, you could do th- you could donate money to indigenous groups. You could do sure. that. Right. You could you could set up a foundation to help and, and maybe they have, I don't know the company. But to come out and say you know, we we are now living on land stolen and we should commit to giving it back. Let me say, if you hate America this much, Get the hell out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go. 
Take your ice cream and go. Bluebell is perfectly in, fine with me. Yeah, go set your company up in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And let's see how well you like it. Yeah, that's just so... And, and now they're going to feel the wrath of people who were perhaps buying Ben and Jerry's and are now going to say not going to do it anymore. It'd be Let's interesting to see. See your sales numbers plummet. Because like I say, this is not their first foray uh, into uh, uh, controversial politics. But but now you're now you're pulling in middle America with these kind of this kind of lunacy. Perhaps you had some folks on the far right that didn't buy Ben and Jerry's already. You know, because of the previous mm-hmm. wokeness. Right. But now this is this is cutting right to the heart of all of us who think this is just nuts. You know, you can do good as your company, but not go this crazy overboard stuff. This is, We're going to give back Mount Rushmore. Good idea, Ben and Jerry's. Why don't you buy it? You buy Mount Rushmore and you can give it to whoever you want. Uh, no, you can't. It's not for sale. It's not for sale. God bless them. They'll learn. They'll see their well, sales numbers but now. will they, though? You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, and, and, and company and Target, look at, I mean, the list goes on and on. But are they getting what they want? We're talking about Ben and Jerry's today? Is that part of this well, whole mess? Maybe so. Is that what they're getting? That's what they wanted. Let's everybody talk about Ben and Jerry's. Watch this. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? But is that the is that the publicity that you want? It's stupid. Whoever thought it thought of it, it's pretty stupid. Was it was it Barnum? Uh, P.T. Barnum that said no publicity is bad publicity. And is that that may be where they are? But now you're going to see your sales numbers hurt hurt because I mean, of this publicity. There are products that I just won't buy. Yeah, just simply because okay, I'm not giving you my nickels. Right. You know, you're mm-hmm. just not getting them. I don't ever see you at starbucks <laughs> my wife came home i this is just a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. carrying target bags yeah and i just looked at her and she goes what seriously now <laughs> she, wait a minute if your wife wants to go to target leave her alone no <laughs> <laughs> i'm not <laughs> and i did and i did say uh, and she and she was like, "Oh, I forgot, <laughs> you know." Oh goodness, yeah. Joey says, "Please tell Bluebell to stay out of politics, please." Oh, please, Bluebell. <laughs> and where's yes. the new flavor? Where's my Bluebell guy? He hadn't brought this new flavor around yet. Or, or here's a novel idea: How about standing up, getting into politics, and standing up for America? Let's stand oh, up a novel for idea. American values. It's a very not. Where's my monster cookie dough? This creamy new flavor. <laughs> Bring it on by, Bluebell guy. Where are you? One hundred one seven FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. I I want to go back to uh, what we talked earlier this morning. You went and you you had a hankering for some ribs. I did. I I hadn't had any over the Fourth of July, which I typically do. So I thought, you know, I'm going to get some ribs. I hadn't had any in a long time. 
Um, and so I decided I'm going to go to my favorite rib place in town. And I know we might fight over this. There's people that disagree. I didn't want to drive all the way to Jefferson, which, you know, they've got fantastic ribs there. But I thought, you just know, I Jefferson, can, just Jefferson, Texas. What's the joint down? You know, the joint. What's it called? Everybody goes, golly. I, apparently not. Yes. You know, Ruben, what's the name of that joint? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's going to message us. Yeah. It's the best the best ribs. But in Shreveport, if you want ribs, now I like Podnas, I like Hickory Sticks, Silver Star, good ribs. I can name a bunch of them. But if I really want them falling off the bone, with or without the sauce, they're just as delightful. It's Jack's on North Market. It's And if you know, and I, I, this is not a commercial. I'm not paid by Jack's. I just wanted my ribs. You get in there, got in there about 11, and there's a line. You wait, and people are ordering chopped beef and hamburgers and, you know, all the stuff they serve. And I said, get me my ribs. And, and I bring this up because last night, and in, in, first of all, I love to shop local whenever I can. You bet. Okay. We went, my wife and I, she's about to go on a medical mission trip mm-hmm. to Mexico. And she says, I want to go out to eat before we go, before I go. Oh, yeah. She goes, I want some. And so we um, we went to Gibbons, which is locally owned. I hear they got good ribs. Aaron, I was going to say, if you, I, yeah, they're good. Haven't but tried. But it was them. a really long wait. So he said, oh. okay. We ended up over at Rolling in the Dough. Okay. And and so we're in there, and we actually went to high school with Robbie that owns mm-hmm. Rolling in the Dough. Known him for 40 years. Nice. And we're sitting here, and I said, you know, I said, I, I love the fact. That this is a local neighborhood place. Love that spot. And so we started talking about local, like, um, you know, and, and I'm just, again, these are not commercials. We just, we just, we're so lucky to have places like these little neighborhood places like Jack's. Yes. My gosh, Jack's has been there for, I, I know, at least 50 years. A long, long time. And, because and they were there in the 70s when I lived in Cherokee Park. I'm not a fan of their beans, by the way. So now you know it's not a commercial. Oh, you know, I just, um, too much vinegar. Maryland's but, Place. Yeah, Maryland's Little good. local neighborhood mm-hmm. place, uh, Key Mexico. Oh. All these places. And I was just like, this. I, I love the fact that we've got these great little places that are locally owned, family owned, mm-hmm. you know, folks just <laughs> making yeah. a living, providing a great service. Absolutely. And you know what? They have good food. And the, the line kept going. I mean, I, you know, as I'm in there, I mean, most people were taking it to go. I mean, they have tables in there, but, you know, most people get their order to go and they're ordering a couple things for somebody back at work or wherever. We just have a, we have so much good food. Oh, Papa and Company. Oh, best burger in town. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So many and so many new people in the food world in our area that have their food trucks or they are, they're open new businesses. I saw We're there's uh, on, on Facebook. I saw somebody posted the uh, Jabez and Jabez on Yuri. Mm-hmm. It was Clancy's a hundred years ago. Remember, oh, yes, you know, absolutely. On, on Yuri, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a home. It was a home at one time, right? Uh, that's been a restaurant for years and years, or several restaurants. Uh, something new coming in there. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know. I would think it would be local owned, mm-hmm. 
but I don't know that for a fact. And they're close to getting that, uh, the new Santa. one open on um, East 70th Street, the Savoy's place. That's going to be that Mexican yeah, restaurant. El Portrillo. El Portrillo is open in there. So they're real close to getting the doors open there. It's, it, lots of stuff is uh, is happening. But, man, my ribs were good. By the way, do you have a toothpick? <laughs> I think I got something. If yeah. you haven't tried Gibbons, give them a ditch. I will try yeah. it. I will try it. They're always so crowded. I'm not one to uh, wait yeah. in line right. for, for food. I, you know, I can... It's and, and, bad. And and what drives me nuts is when the lobby is full mm-hmm. and you see people over there, plates are empty. Oh, yeah. That's can frustrating. Can I get some more coffee? Yeah. And they're just taking... Uh, just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, well, coming up at 8.40, uh, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault spoke with us about uh, the uh, July 4th shooting, and we'll find out the latest details on that. Mike. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty Shreveport Security Systems Message Board. Uh, Lilibeth says Jack Stovall was the original owner of Jack's Barbecue. They've been around for years. He was the manager at Packasack on Grimmett Drive years ago. Wow, love wow. Packasack. Mm, Herschel Cobbs used to be across the street from Jack's. Mean Lady says Cobbs had a pet lion. Mm, really? I did not could know you that. Have a pet lion? Ooh. I guess back in the 60s and 70s, maybe you could. Yeah, I the laws know. were pretty loose on exotic animals <laughs> <Yeah>. back then. <laughs> sure was sad to see the last Cobbs was in Bozier. Pepito yes. is opening in the old Contiki sometime soon. Sure are. According to this post. Mm-hmm. He's been working on that for a while. We got a lot of great stuff. And I, you know what? I, I got my rib fix and I was happy and you know, I'm going to go try some of the ribs that I haven't tried. There's there's a few around town that I probably need to go try, and I'll do that. I'll, You know, if you've got a rib suggestion for me, send it to me, the Shreveport Security Systems Message Board. I'm always down for some good ribs. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us next after the break. 101.7 FM 7. Seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Tom, good morning. Thanks for talking with us this morning. Good morning, guys. We're uh, uh, obviously calling about the uh, July Fourth shooting on the Martin Luther King area. Four people died, seven others injured. Um, is there any new information that you can share with us? Any information on possible suspects? Uh, I don't have any information on possible suspects at the moment. Uh, I think the uh, FPD feels like they're making progress in the investigation, but uh, no information that we really can share at this time. Mayor, I'm looking at a a site that uh, tracks, you know, mass shootings. I'm I'm looking at several in Shreveport since the first of the year. I'm... How disturbed are you about this and about what's going on? Well, it's a, it's a, not a good development, and I am quite disturbed about it. And uh, I think we have 
a group of people who seem to be solving their uh, displeasures with guns rather than some other way or, or just, uh, you know, there's some things you just ought to let roll off your back. And there appear to be groups of people in the city of Shreveport who can't do that. They feel like every word that's said against them or every uh, slight uh, remark that's made is required to be met with some kind of gunfire. And uh, that's, uh, that's a critical problem that we have, and it, it appears to be spreading. That's the concern that, you know, we, we, it seems like we can't get through a weekend when we don't have a tragedy involving gun violence in our community. What can you do better as mayor? What we're trying to do is to uh, use police intelligence that is shared by the multiple agencies that have some jurisdiction over this to identify people that we think are likely to be involved in this kind of activity. Uh, there are, uh, in, in, it is my belief that there are some neighborhood gangs, uh, loosely organized, but still groups of, of people who um, either have turf wars or they're exchanging messages through rap videos or through other kinds of uh, sharing where they're insulting each other or uh, doing something like that 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 causes someone to feel a need to retaliate, and they have the weapons to retaliate with. Well, the coroner released the names of the four victims in the shooting. They're all young black males, ranging from, I think, 17 to about 24 years old, which would mm-hmm. seem to me these were targeted individuals. Um, and, and it bears out what you're saying about uh, gang violence. I think uh, I... I, of course, I do not know the four, uh, the four young men. Uh, I do believe that there was an intention to confront some people by the people who came in to perpetrate, uh, these crimes. And, and, uh, there was an exchange of words and then an exchange of gunfire is what I understand. Of course, I'm not a witness to that. I didn't see any of it. And let, and let but, me, I do uh, want to clarify, I'm not saying that all four victims were members of a, right. any particular gang, but it just right. depends. And, and so a lot of times, a lot of times when you begin firing, you may aim for person A and hit person B and person, person A was your target, but person B is the person who is actually hit and injured or killed. And I think the police are still trying to kind of sort, sort out that. And it will take some time. I know that they uh, were uh, following some procedures yesterday that I'm not do not feel at liberty to share because it's an open investigation. Uh, but I think that they are looking to try and identify more facts about who the people were, who the victims were, what relationships they may have had uh, for two reasons. One, to investigate this crime, and two, to uh, perhaps anticipate retaliatory action the the um do we know yet mayor if the people that were shot were invited guests at the party some i guess some of the wounded were probably invited guests and they got caught in the crossfire but do we know if any of the victims who died were like interlopers or were invited guests i really don't know the answer to that i'm not i'm not sure this was a 
I'm not sure that this was a a party where everybody had a written invitation right. or something like that. Uh, so I really don't know enough about the party itself to know how a person was invited to the party or had permission to come to the party. The chief of police was with us uh, yesterday or day before, and uh, yesterday, I guess, and said um, he's down 140 officers. Every time we talk to him, that number keeps going up. You just can't catch up with retirements and officers moving. Do you have a plan to try to to try to seriously address that? I mean, we've, we we bo- we boosted pay 13 percent. That hasn't really put a dent at all in it. What else can we do with regard to that front? Uh, Chief Smith, uh, with our encouragement, uh, Chief Smith has re- rearranged his recruiting uh, force and uh, there there are uh, some people that are that I think are passionate about recruiting. He's also preparing a detailed recruiting budget. Um, the 2023 uh, budget did not have a significant budget for recruiting. We're going to increase that. Uh, we will be applying for a recently passed uh, state legislative uh, bonus system that will award $5,000 to new police recruits, and we think that will happen. I think the other thing is uh, community support and the reaction of the community to police officers is very, very important. And uh, the more that we can support police officers, the more that uh, the more it is a more attractive uh, professional position for other people. So I think we will have that. We are not alone. The sheriff's office is down. Most law enforcement officers, uh, officers across the country are down. Uh, given the circumstances that we have, it is very difficult to motivate people to join a profession that is dangerous uh, and under which you are under particular scrutiny for every single thing you do. Mayor, uh, we're talking with Mayor Tom Arsenault of Shreveport. Mayor, can you hold on with us for one more segment? I can. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. We're going re- we'll, uh, um, I'm going to take a break, <laughs> get my lips working again, and we'll be back with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault, Mike and McCarty. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. I, Friday could, it just couldn't have gotten here quickly enough. It's almost done. It's almost done. You know, a, few, a couple of weeks ago when we got hit by the, the storms, oh, there were so many people that were out of power, like three, oh four, God. five days, a week for some. And they are doing Caddo Parish Leaders. They're doing a food distribution event. Um, it's being held tomorrow all over the community, several locations. They're handing out boxes of food. Uh, starting at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Here's the locations for that at 9. Galilee, Southern University, the Southern Hills Park, Oak Park, Bethune Middle School, and Caddo Fire District 2 on Colquitt Road. Those begin at 9 in the morning. And if you live in Caddo Parish, you can pick up a box. Then at 10.30 tomorrow, uh, three more locations, A.C. Steer, A.B. Palmer, and Greenwood Acres Full Gospel Baptist Church on Greenwood Road. Again, this is free Food distribution, they've helped with the food bank. Caddo Commission is helping, lots of volunteers. 
and not sure yet what's in the boxes. It's kind of what, you know, whatever they have. Some of it will be perishable, fruits and veggies and that kind of thing. Some of it will be canned goods and all that. But um, it's... Sardines, Viener sausages, and uh, crackers. You never know what will be in your box. You'll grab a box and go. And uh, it's first come, first serve while the supplies last. So it's a good thing the parish is doing it. Um, there's a lot of people that lost a you know a whole refrigerator. Yeah. Did I just say refrigerator? A whole refrigerator of food. Yeah. And, and I'm going, wait, what's wrong with that? Refrigerator? <laughs> it doesn't start with an F, does it? I know. I know. So, you know, thanks to the food bank, because they've been working to get these boxes out, and they'll be hitting the road tomorrow to get them out to the people that need them. Please don't, you know, go for, and I asked Ruben this earlier. I said, will there be people that will go from one site to another, oh, you know there to will. another. You know there will. Please, let's let everybody get some. I mean, please. There's a lot of These people. These are the who same people it. that Friday when we went to Brookshire's to get dry ice after the storm hit, mm-hmm. that were rolling out with buggies full of <laughs> cases of water, cases and, and cases of water. Yeah, it's like, oh, seriously. Mm-hmm. It's I like know. The, I dread if the apocalypse ever actually happened. <gasps> at what would how people would turn on one another. Oh, it would be awful. Humans are panicky and dumb animals. We really are. Yes. Every time a catastrophe happens, we have to just show our ass. I don't know why. Speaking of asses, we hoarded toilet paper for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Why? Something that had nothing to do with what was going on. (laughs) That was not a a gastrointestinal issue. No, we were hoarding toilet paper. Toilet paper. You couldn't buy toilet paper. You know, you can use other things around the house if you run out of toilet paper if you had to <laughs> if you, yeah you know you know what i mean <laughs> you had to okay. there's a lot of substitutes <laughs> but no we had to hoard toilet paper god we're sometimes we're morons really well, you know was the, it? the masses are asses yeah <laughs> that. and the cats and dogs are looking at us like what the <laughs> hell are you doing scrape your butt along the grass like, they <laughs> yeah, do. like we on. do yeah <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we're ending on it on a note, great note. Yeah, that. let's go scrape our butts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Happy Friday. Sorry about that. <laughs> Make it a great weekend. 1017 FM.